Welcome to Beyond the Minimum, where we'll be exploring the world of work. We'll be chatting about concepts, ideas, and phrases, explore practices, and delve into what good looks like. Work can be purposeful, value-led, and more meaningful to all who interact with the workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Tanya Hewitt, who lives in unceded Algonquin Anishabe territory, otherwise known as Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hi everyone, how are you doing? I just received an email from someone to whom I had sent something, thanking me for highlighting some of the content that I had in there, including this comment on the left hand. In this uh, radio show that I had sent to this uh, contact of mine, a woman who has um, early onset dementia had broken her wrist, and she knew that having a broken wrist doesn't take all that long to have the surgery scheduled. I suspect this might have been a pre-COVID kind of environment, and she wasn't getting a call. So she and her adult daughter went to ask what's going on. And this, when they went to the surgeon's office, the surgeon said, oh, well, it says here in your file that you have dementia. I mean, why do you need your left hand anyway? And the patient retorted back to him, well, why do you need your left hand? And I thought that that was a really insightful comment to realize that people whom we recognize as being different don't necessarily have a meaningless life. And if we diminish their potential by just kind of writing off their, you know, their disability or something as, well, I mean, you wouldn't need this. I mean, what would you do that? What would you need that for? we might start to write them off as people. And of course they are people. And we all need to start to realize that notwithstanding there being differences among us, as people, we have more similarities among us than we do other species on this planet. And we have to start recognizing that our similarities are worth celebrating more than accentuating our differences. Today's episode is expanding our vocabulary. Hi everyone. Today's term is the normalization of deviance. This term was introduced by Diane Vaughn, who wrote a book on the Challenger launch decision. It was a fascinating read and I really encourage anybody who is curious to pick up the book. It's a little older now. I think it was written in the early 90s, but it still has a lot of relevance. So she traced through a very thorough analysis of the Challenger disaster. Uh, Diane Vaughn is a sociologist. I can remember Um, suggesting to a group of engineers that they um, invite her to their conference 
And they thought that, well, she's a sociologist. I mean, what is she going to lend to um, it to us? The possibility of learning from somebody from a different discipline was just outside their worldview. But anyway, um, she did a pretty thorough ethnographic study whereby she talked to people who were involved in the inquest, didn't. And she stayed with them. It was actually more of a longitudinal ethnographic study because she stayed with them for a long time and learned that the shuttle program, the space shuttle program, had a lot of changes throughout its history from the very inception of design through to a lot of the flights that took place in the 80s. And when a shuttle came back, there were always parts that they, that NASA recovered upon landing in the ocean. They would recover all of these parts, bring them back to the lab, and measure a whole bunch of tolerances on various pieces of metal and various, you know, pieces that they had been tracking. And they, these, these pieces began to go beyond the tolerance that they had predicted because they could tell from the wear on it or on new marks or whatever. It's been a while since I've read this book, but I do remember this concept of normalization of deviance, whereby these once exceptional breaches of tolerances would be seen as okay because, well, the flight was successful. So, like, nobody died. So, like, we're... We're in a better place than we thought we were. We must have been too restrictive in setting up those tolerances. And when you look from the first shuttle flight to the, you know, the, the Challenger shuttle flight or the one before that, where they were recording all of these tolerances and the, you know, exceptions to them, if you looked at it in a global sense, you would see, holy crap, like things have really changed from, in, from the beginning to the end. But that's not how the data is looked at. It's looked at from launch to launch. It's looked at in the everyday. And in the everyday, you can't see these changes. They're just little changes that seem justified because you're depending on the outcome as being successful to tell you that, well, that tolerance was probably poorly set. So this normalization of deviance is a really seductive term. I loved it when I first heard it because it really draws your attention to how dangerous it is to allow just these little exceedances all the time to normalize these deviations, these deviances, because you can get yourself into a place where you do not want to be. And I, I mean, a whole bunch of people have talked about this 
um, Richard Cook, uh, Cindy Decker, like there, there's tons of people who have recognized this in different for, you know, using different language. But the uh, Diane Vaughn was the first one to initially coin the term normalization of deviance, so as far as I know, and really identify what it was. The, the whole idea of normalizing, you know, just seeing things as, as a good practice because the outcome is good is possibly a, a dangerous way to look at things. A possibly better way to look at things is actually where you set the tolerances. And despite the outcome, in the process, was the tolerance breached? And is that acceptable? And really ask yourself and discount the outcome. Just look at the process. And is that deviance acceptable? Chances are, if you don't count the outcome, you might conclude it isn't because the tolerance was there for a reason. There might be more to this, depending on the process, of course, that you're looking at and, you know, the, the statistics that might be involved, etc. But it is a really helpful concept to be reminding yourself, if you have data in front of you that might actually have breached a tolerance, is that acceptable? If you're depending on a successful outcome, you might be normalizing deviance. And if you want a better description of this, I strongly encourage you to look up Diane Vaughn's Challenger Launch Decision. It's a fascinating read, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks a lot for listening. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Minimum with Tanya Hewitt. We hope this episode aligned with you. Maybe it was diametrically opposed to you, but at any rate, we trust it made you think. The more we can think about our workplaces and start talking about them, the more we can collectively make a real difference. If you're living in Canada, please find out the Indigenous territory in which you reside and begin using it to introduce yourself. Please reach out to Tanya through her email tanya at beyondsafetycompliance.ca. Connect and chat with her on LinkedIn. Follow her company Beyond Safety Compliance. And remember to ask yourself the question, how does your work look? Because we can always go beyond the minimum.